You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Will you all pray with me? Heavenly Father, I know that there are hearts here today that you just want to break open just like I did to that pot. That you want to come and you want to speak and we give you space today to do that. Thank you for the design and character of who you are and I pray that that would be made known in a greater way today. It's in your name. Amen. So the first time I got on a potter's wheel was high school in my art class. And I had always had this fascination with clay ever since I was a little kid. There was something about it. And maybe you can relate to that. That was so exciting. I couldn't wait to get my hands on it. But when I learned how to operate one of those machines called a wheel, I don't know, something in me just really ignited and came alive in that moment. So much so that when I graduated from high school, I went off to college and I chose to study art education because I really wanted to become an art teacher. And it was during those those years of preparation and being on the wheel in these intense times, learning the struggle, it is a really hard thing to learn how to throw clay. It takes a master craftsman and an expert to do a really great job, and I am far from that, but I am still learning. But what I learned about in that time of of growing as a potter is I understood that phrase in the Bible in Isaiah 64 that says that he is the potter and we are the clay, and that just came alive to me in a whole new way. And so what we want to do here this morning is to give you sort of a behind-the-scenes look, a better understanding of the process a potter and his clay goes through. And so we want to show you this morning how we are all formed by the hand of God, how he wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit so that we can then be spilled out to other people. The first thing that I learned and came to understand about being a potter is that the potter knows right away before he even gets the clay on the wheel exactly where he's taking it. It's true, you have to have a plan because once you start your hands on that clay, you're gonna lift and pull and do all these sorts of things that are so calculated to get it to go to the way you want it to go. Because if I were to start creating a pot, let's say, to turn into something like this vase, and in the middle of it, I changed my mind, I said, no, I think I want this to be a bowl, it would be totally impossible for me at that point to do that unless I totally scrapped it and started over from the beginning. And so the potter knows. He knows where he's going, and he follows the steps diligently to get there. He knows But the trouble then becomes, how do I get that stubborn clay to yield to my plan? Because I'll tell you, clay can be really stubborn. And the first thing the potter has to do is something called centering. 
And I bet you can probably tell by the, that particular name what that kind of means. It's this idea of getting the clay to get right in the middle and to stay still and submitted and yielded underneath the hand of the potter. And the centering process, without it, the clay would be wobbly, it would be unruly. If there's so much speed that happens at this time of centering that if the potter didn't have the hands in the right spot or have the right amount of pressure, that clay would fling right off and probably crash onto the floor. And centering only happens with the pressure of the potter's hands. I know that may not sound really great to think, oh boy, the hands of God, he's the potter, I'm the clay, his hands are on me pushing. But this isn't that kind of pressing. It's a perfect amount of pressure. He knows the exact amount of downward and inward to get you where he needs you to go. This is a guiding type of pressure. This is a protecting type of pressure. And we, as the clay, we need to learn that we can truly trust his hands. And we need to learn to appreciate his control. I love what it says in Psalm 16, verses 6 and 8. I think it illustrates the process of this centering in a really beautiful way. It says, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I've set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my side, I will not be shaken. You know, during this centering process, things are speeding pretty rapidly, and the clay is bumping up against the hand of the potter again and again, and his hand stays sturdy, telling that clay exactly where to go and exactly where that boundary line is. And here, I love it says, you know what? I can trust that line. Surely, surely that boundary line is leading me to something really beautiful, an inheritance beyond my dreams. And the last part of that phrase, it talks about how his hand is, is at my side. I will not be shaken. During the whole process of creating something on the wheel, it's very rare that the potter would actually remove his hand. One or both at the entire time is always there on the side, always there supporting, always keeping guard to make sure that that doesn't wobble, tip, fall, or collapse, giving stability so that it is something that will not be shaken. You know, I don't know if you were able to see much of what I was doing up on the wheel, but during this process of centering with all of that pressure, the potter really needs to pour on a lot of water. Because in this process, to get the clay yielded and submitted underneath his hand, that clay needs to be soft, pliable, moldable. And the water is the agent that does that. And so as he's getting us ready underneath his hand and his will, he is pouring out on top of us mercy, grace, truth, kindness, and he does all of this and continues until we get to the point as the clay that we can stand there and say, be still and know that I am God. Once we're submitted, the potter sort of slows things down a little bit and begins this process of opening us up by quieting us with his love. 
And it's this opening up transformation process that begins from the inside out. In fact, the potter takes his finger, maybe one or two, and finds the middle of that little lump of clay. He goes right to the middle. He goes straight to the core of who you are. He goes right after your heart. And with those fingers, he's drilling down, down to the bottom of who you are, reminding you of who he is and how much he loves you. You are so deeply loved. And this process is not done hastily. He so takes his time. Because if in any way in that drilling process, his finger goes off or the clay doesn't receive the hand as it goes down, that pot will forever have a little wobble. And he can still use that pot. He will still raise it up and use it, but will always be just a little off. It is so important that we know we are centered in the truth of his love. And as we receive that love and that hand coming down, he then can continue the process to open us up by drawing us near. And in fact, the potter then, when he reaches the bottom, he pulls the clay in, drawing it right into his chest, drawing you close. And as he does that, the clay naturally opens up. And now not only can he get one finger in there, he can get his entire hand inside of you and begin to do even more work. And as he's opening and drawing in, he's going to notice with his hands anything in that clay that doesn't need to be there. Clay comes with lots of impurities. It's a natural product that they mine and dig out of the hills, and there's lots of things that they have to get out of it, and sometimes they don't get it all. And so in this process, he may find lumps that he needs to remove and smooth out a little bit more. There may be air bubbles stuck inside of there that rise to the surface, and if he continued on with any of those things, it would not go well for the clay. So he takes his time popping all those things, breaking the lies, breaking the fear, and telling you all of the things that he has in store for you because remember, he knows where this thing is going. And so he speaks about the plans and the purposes he has for you. He puts declarations over you, reminding you, saying, you are mine. You are chosen. I'm establishing you firm to the end. It's a beautiful thing if we can receive it. And after this time of connecting, creating relationship with this little lump of clay, it's a moment where he actually wants to lift it up and begin to shape it, leading into that destiny that he's already decided. This time is, is really a stretching and a growing process, as you can imagine, because this little lump of clay that's just been here real close to the bottom of the wheel is now having to lift up and things can get a little scary. It's really important that for us, the clay, as we're getting pulled and stretched and grown vertically in him, as he's calling us higher and pulling again and again and again, asking us to rise, we need to be really careful in this time not to let any mistakes, failures, trials, hardships in life keep us from allowing him to pull us and take us higher in him. 
you know, some people resist this part of the process of being formed. It feels really good being grounded close to the earth, and as we rise, we're not quite sure about that. We think, I don't know if I can go higher. I don't really know what's up there ahead of me. I think I just want you, God, can you take your hands off for a while and just kind of leave me here? Leave me be, because I don't, I don't know if I want to keep going. And sadly enough, I think that we allow that, that pressing that we feel, that squeezing that we feel. Our walls are getting thinner as we get higher. We start to feel off stable. I think some of us have just said, hmm. And we settle for being this itty-bitty thing like an ashtray. But what I love, it says in Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3, says specifically that Jesus came to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. That he wants us to be a display for his splendor. See, friends, he wants to finish the process of forming you. Because what he wants to do is raise you up and show you on display as beautiful because you are his workmanship. And he wants to use you. I love Ephesians 2.10 that says that you, me, all of us are works of art made by the hand of God for good things. He makes good things and he gives us good things to do for his kingdom. So in allowing him to raise us up, we actually bring glory and honor to the creator. When we partner with him in this process, we're gonna begin to see as we rise up little areas where he presses, pushes, pulls, twists, leaves a groove. He may even add on a special handle or a spout. And we'll begin to see some of those specific things that he had in mind for us as he thought about us before we were even a lump of clay. So our giftings start to come into view. Our abilities and talents that he's given us, we start to recognize. The purposes, the things that he wants to do with us takes form. And when that happens, and when we see it, there's two things that we need to do as clay. One, we need to receive those things with thanksgiving and humility. We receive it with thankfulness, saying, yes, Lord, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you that you're shaping me. Thank you that you're giving me a space to be poured out. And we make sure that we're in humility because we don't want to be one of these pots that goes, look at me, I'm a fancy little thing. Oh, girl, you just step off. No. We take pride in what he's doing. He's the one that's doing the work. We boast in him and not in ourselves. It's him who's creating and making us new, isn't it? The second thing that we need to do is make sure that we keep our eyes on him. It's really hard to look at what's happening over there or look what you have. How come, Lord, how come I didn't get one of these fancy little things up here? How come I don't have a handle? Because what happens is when we look around and we start comparing to what the gifts and things that he's given to other people, we shrink back. 
We say, I don't, I don't think I'm as good as that person. I don't think he wants to use me. I don't think he can use me. And instead, we shrink away from our purpose and our destiny. In Romans 9, it's a really powerful statement. In verse 20 and 21, it says this. But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? You know, he's told us time and again in his word that we are the body, right? We're the body of Christ. And we all know very well that a body needs variety of different parts in order to complete its purposes. And so the Lord is making you, shaping you, forming you because he needs you to be you. We have to trust that this creator, creator this almighty heavenly father, this craftsman knows exactly what he's doing. And we yield through the entire process and allow him to do what he wants to do. Earlier today, you were all given a little baggie of clay. You can go ahead and grab that right now and, and take it out. We want to go into a time of reflection for you to sit with that little lump of clay. Get it into your hands, put it in your palm. And as you do, and you feel the weight of it there, I want you to think about, you're the clay, he's the potter. And I want you to imagine yourself sitting like that little clay in the hands of the Father. You may find something inside of you, bubble up with the light, and you can't wait to start pushing it and squeezing it, go with that. Because that's how God feels about you. He can't wait to get his hands on you and turn you into something beautiful, raising you out of ashes. And as you play and you have time to just mold that clay, you can do whatever you want with that thing. But we're going to go into a time of reflection and the band is going to play a song for us. And as you're listening to the song and working with your clay, there should be some questions up on the screen for you to think about. I just want you to imagine, how is God forming you? How are you on the wheel? Does he need you to be yielded, submitted to his will, trusting in his control? Does he need you to open up? Is he trying to wreck your heart with his love right now? Or is he trying to raise you up? Is he trying to show you and talk to you about those things he's placed in you, those giftings, talents, and purpose that he can't wait to show the rest of the world?
Hey, everybody. Looks pretty obvious. She's the creative in our house, the potter. I'm not. This is what I make. It's what I made 30-something years ago in high school. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just different, right? So when Jason tries to get creative, I'm like, I don't, polka dots. And so I just put polka dots on a piece of pottery. Or maybe if I'm feeling really adventurous, I'll, I'll put lines on it. Um, but the Lord reminded me of this because this pot, I feel like, is a lot like me. And it's off-center. And it doesn't really sit, sit flat. And it's cracked on the bottom. But it has purpose, right? But it, it looks different than hers. And um, I was reminded about uh, my art teacher at the time when I made this. Uh, she really didn't like me. I wasn't the greatest student. Um, and I got a C. And, uh, but, but another art teacher actually saw this. She saw me working after school and actually put it into a contest, a city art contest, and actually won a prize. I won 100 bucks, and, and the Gold Key Award. I don't even know what that is, but... It, I had to go to like the art museum, and they called my name, and I was like a football player and a baseball player, and I'm like going up there with all these artists. I was like, what is happening right now? But uh, it was a beautiful thing. You know, I'm grateful for that teacher that she saw it. She saw something, right? And I feel like for me, even this morning, I was looking at this thing that I don't really like that much, but I feel like the Lord opened my eyes a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I like this. I actually like it. And I feel like the Lord's like, I want you to like you. So I feel like the Lord's saying that to us this morning. He approves of you. He made you in his image and likeness. He actually knit you in your mother's womb. He makes good stuff. And so I just want to say I see it, right? I see it. I see his hand on you, ma'am. I see his hand on you. Pastor Phil, he's on you. I see it. You young man, I see it. I see the worth in all of you. Because you were made by the potter. You were made by the maker of heaven and earth. All of you. So I feel like the Lord would just have us accept that we are one of those good things that he actually made, right? Does that make sense? So we're being formed, which is an entire life process, right? So as we're getting formed, then what am I, what am I going to put in this thing? What are we going to be filled with? Hey, trust me, I, I believe all the way Jesus is coming back. Who knows when? But we could just say, well, I'm just going to put myself up on the shelf, and I'm just going to wait till Jesus comes back, and I'll get some dust in there maybe. You know, but isn't that sad? Based on all he's done in us, giving us his Holy Spirit, we end up looking like one of those cathedrals or churches that you see in Europe, right? They used to have worship and praise and teaching, and now they're empty, and they're just museums unto themselves. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or we can just fill this Letting Philip be with like our accolades or things from the world. For me, for years, it was alcohol and drugs, and then it was workaholism, and it was my, it's my skills, my gifting, my talents. But that's even ick, right? That's ickier. We are supposed to walk in Him. We are actually supposed to be filled with His Spirit. I like to say we were all made with a little hole in our heart, and Jesus is the only thing that can fill that hole. And we can dump whatever we want in there. It's just, it's not going to fill until we accept Jesus. Anyone know what I'm talking about? At the same time, we were created to be power-assisted, not to rely on good human power. Call it being filled up. The more of God, he gives us this ongoing invitation to be with him, to be filled up with him. Ephesians 5.18 says, And don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, 
be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. A really cool thing there is, in the Greek text, um, the be filled is actually this continuous present tense. So the scripture actually could read, be continually filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It's like an ongoing process, not a one-time thing. There's always an invitation to do it. Because guess what? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but we leak. Just like this pot, if I put water in it, you'd see it leak out the bottom. We leak, right? So we need to have him continually fill us. And we could say, no, no, God, I'm good. I could grieve the Holy Spirit. I could resist the Holy Spirit. I could quench the Spirit. But I'm not going to be full or I'm going to be misguided. So he gives us this invitation. So we're going to have a little time right now of being with God. Okay, we're going to have a little bit of worship music in the background. And then we're going to go straight into another worship song. But the Lord loves to dwell with his people. In fact, just to show you how the Lord works, I've been on this reading plan for like two years, and I'm through the Psalms like the third time. And this morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, reading, I'm on Psalm 140. And the very end of Psalm 140, it says, Those in right standing, and all you hear, you're in right standing if you're in the Lord. It says, They get to dwell in his presence. And so that's what we're going to do right now. We're just going to dwell in his presence. Okay, so if you have your little pot... You just want to kind of hold it up to your heart. Maybe just close your eyes. No one's going to be looking at you, except me maybe. I may look. Uh, but just hold that pot up to your heart. And just take a couple breaths in, right? I just What happens in the nat- natural can of- often symbolize what's happening in the spirit realm. So I'm just like, I just want to breathe you in, Holy Spirit. And just take a couple breaths. And I'm just going to pray for us, for the Lord to come. And just let him minister to you. Some of us come in here with some baggage today. We've got the guilt and the shame and that we feel the condemnation of the world, the accusation. Just let the Holy Spirit minister to you with peace and mercy with himself. So we're going to pray right now. Holy Spirit, we love you. The Spirit of Jesus Christ, we ask you to come right now. Fill our pots as cracked and tilted as they may be, Lord. You say they're good. So we ask you to come, comforter, pour out your mercy, your peace, your grace, Lord, your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. Lord, we ask you to drop on us like a, like a warm blanket, Lord, that you would just, we would actually sense your presence. Come, Holy Spirit, do what you do. Give us your thoughts. Give us the mind of Christ, the heart of the Father. Come, Lord, fill your kids. Fill up your sons and daughters. There's nothing worth more could ever come close nothing can compare you're our living hope your presence Lord I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. 
us he's filling us so what happens if we don't pour out if uh, if I would have had this out it looks like the sun's out now praise the Lord but if I had this out there during the rain and I just kind of left it out there a couple days you wouldn't want to drink that water would you you go out there there'd be some mosquitoes in it some bugs a dead spider something something like that we love watching uh, survivor shows people that are like camping out in the woods and they have to survive off the land and you learn pretty quickly where to drink water from. You don't drink water from stagnant ponds with kind of the filth on top. You actually just go to a water source that just has a little bit of a trickle, a little bit of a babble, and typically that will be a healthy place for you to drink. It's like that with our spiritual walk, right? Our goal should be to be more like the Sea of Galilee, which is a conduit, right, than the Dead Sea, which is actually a container, the really interesting things about those two seas is they both have the same source. The Jordan River flows into the Sea of Galilee. The Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea. But the Sea of Galilee has multiple outflows. So as the Jordan is flowing in, the Sea of Galilee releases it, right? And it's a place of life and vibrance. The Dead Sea has the Jordan flowing in, and it just stops, and, and the Dead Sea is it's dead, Right? And that can just be a, an encouragement to us to let it flow. And I feel like this morning, um, the Lord's reminded me, some of us are really struggling with 
our thought life, negative thoughts about ourselves, and maybe you have, even have some anxiety or fear. And the picture I get is just kind of a triangle of thoughts, thought, 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 thought. And I feel like the Lord may be encouraging us to release and start pouring out and start serving, and it's going to heal our mind, and it's going to get that flow because some of us have some of that stagnant water in our minds, if that makes sense. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, To each, all of you that were touched by the Lord, and sometimes you notice when he comes, sometimes you don't, but he's here. To each of you is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Right, So it's awesome when we sense the Lord, when he fills us up. and we, It's that sweetness, right? The comforter comes and, and brings his wraparound presence. It's just good to be a son or daughter of God. But we also have to open up and release for the common good. And aren't you so glad that people reached out to you when you were lost or when you needed some encouragement, that someone actually noticed you? Right, That's the body of Christ. So ECC family, we're going to say, when he fills, we spills. Right, kind of cheesy. She's like, don't do it. I'm like, I'm doing it. <laughs> I want it to go viral, Phil. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so when he fills, we spills. So what we're going to do is we're going to take our final moment together this morning to do just that. It's hard to give away what you don't have in a moment, right? So think about when you're on an airplane. They say, hey, if we experience some turbulence and the oxygen drops, you're going to put that on your kid's Actually, you put it on yourself first. Sorry. You actually put it on yourself first, and then you can help other people. So that's what we're going to do this morning is we're actually going to pour out his presence on ourselves through some biblical declarations. Okay? And so we're going to bring those up. My wife's going to help me here. So here's what I'm going to have you do. Would you all stand, please, with us? And you can just hold on to that pot just as a symbol, right? And again, I love to just, again, keep it close to my heart. But what we're going to do is we're just going to say... These, dec- these biblical declarations over ourself, right? And the best we can, open our hearts up to actually receive. Who knew that uh, you, you believe your own voice more than any other voice you will hear? That's why I love to read the word of God out loud or like to do declarations over myself because the chance of you believing them is actually greater. So we're going to do that right now. So what we're going to do is I'm going to just read one and you're going to repeat after me out loud. I'm going to read the other one, read the other one, and then we'll go into declarations for each other. So you guys ready to do this? You up for this? Believe it. There's life. There's life in this. So after me, I am God's workmanship. I am God's workmanship. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am a partaker of his divine nature. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. And I would just encourage you to say that over yourself this next week. For a lot of us, it can be very hard to hear that. Ah, but you don't know what I did. You don't know how I just talked to my wife. You don't know what I just talked to my kids. You don't know. This is the word of God, and there's life. Let him separate, tend in, let him get in there with the word, and that's where you can start to see change, mm-hmm. right? Versus I'm going to try not to be angry anymore. Good luck with that. I've tried it for many years. It doesn't really work. So now we're going to do declarations for one another. So if you're just in twos, just find someone around you. If you're in threes, if you would come up here, just fine. But we're just going to get in twos, and we're going to just have a little bit of cool spiritual music going on behind us here. And um, we're going to demonstrate what this is going to look like. And so this is what it's going to look like with another. That was very cool. (laughs) (laughs) Praise God. 
Praise the Lord. All right. Angels are joining in. <laughs> so here's what this is going to look like. You're going to say the person's name, and you're just going to declare what you see. So, Kristen, <laughs> you are God's workmanship. Kristen, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Kristen, you are a partaker of his divine nature. I'm going to pause right now and pray. Is it okay if I do that? Yeah. Um, I got to be honest and say from, from the minute that rain started, and I'll even say this, I'll go back to when I was on the wheel. It's a really interesting thing. Two spiders came up onto the wheel and I had to crush them. And we talk a lot about how when there's something happening in the natural, that there's something happening in the spiritual. And when I came up here and that rain started, I was like, oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> like something is going on. Something's happening in this place. I'm just going to pause before I do my half of these declarations and just pray over us, if that's okay. And I can tell things are happening back here. So I'm just going to say, God, we just take authority in this place. We invite you to come in all power. We ask that you would remove any distraction. We ask that you would remove any chaos. Yeah. Lord, we just want you to fill this place with your presence. We want you to come with all peace. Steady our hearts. Lord, if there's anyone here who is feeling nervous, anxiety-driven, Father, I just ask you to come and just release that. Bring your peace into this place now, the peace that passes all understanding. Father, we look to you in this moment. We say there is nothing that can take us away from you. We just fix right. our eyes on you. Our gaze is on you. We know that you are with us, and we thank you, and we praise you. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm just going to finish my declarations to Jason. Yeah, I want mine. Come on. <laughs> Jason, you are God's workmanship. Jason, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jason, you are a partaker of his divine nature. Thank you. So we're just going to have a moment. Just speak these over your family, friends, your new acquaintances. Just hang out here for a minute. Look them in the eye the best you can and just say it and try to receive the word of God. everybody keep going good job you are God's workmanship you are the temple of the Holy Spirit you are a partaker of his divine nature. Lord bless 
Jason and Kristen to come up and I just want to speak a blessing over you and kind of just kind of seal everything that we just talked about and experienced together. I just sense that uh, some of you are experiencing the sweetness of God precious presence of the daddy's heart that you've never experienced before. That's God loving you. Jesus said, all of those who believe in my name, rivers of living water will flow through each vessel. If you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus and you have received his forgiveness and his salvation. Rivers of living water that will never run dry. Even though you're in a dry season, even though you feel cracked and parched, when you connect to the living source of precious, eternal, everlasting water, he will give you everything you need. think of Psalms 37 as Kristen was at the potter's wheel just close your eyes for a minute I just want to speak over you and you know I see I see God God's hands like the potter's hands 
like Kristen, when she was done, her hands were covered with water and, and clay. And we see that as dirt. And we see that as filthy. God sees that as pleasure because he's working on all of us. We're a work in progress. Can I just encourage you to just put your hands in front of you, palms up, as if you're just like resting your hands upon the potter's hands. Let him hold you. Romans 12 says that we are to be living sacrifices. You know what that is? That's a pliable, moldable, shapeable, surrendered piece of clay on a potter's wheel. Psalms 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That means he's going to shape you and give you what you need and what you're supposed to have in order to operate in the way he's designed you. Do you know what that word delight means? It means to be pliable. It means to be moldable. And so as we are pliable in the presence of the almighty potter. He is able to shape us and form us. So Lord, I just pray that you would form every one of us, every single person listening and watching online, that you would form them. You who began a good work in them will be faithful to complete it. God, may we not focus on what we're doing, let us focus on what you're doing in us and through us. I speak blessing over my ECC family. Continue to form them, and as they leave this space, remind them that you're not finished with them, that this is a process. This is a process, and we need to be in your presence day in, day out love you Jesus nothing else will do no other name will satisfy no other waters from any other source will give us what we need we love you Jesus because you first loved us In Jesus name Christine. Father I bless every single one of your creations these beautiful vessels that you have made Father and I pray right now that you would fill them Fill them up, Lord. Release your Holy Spirit over every single one of them, Lord, even for some who have never opened up that gift of the Spirit. We release it right now. And I speak blessing and favor upon every single one of you that you would have the full measure of the Spirit moving in and through your life. In Jesus' name. Yeah, Lord. And we just thank you that we are hidden in you. We are under the protection of Psalm 91. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. We couldn't lose you if we tried to, Lord. We're full of your, full of your Holy Spirit. And we have the armor of God on, Lord. You're ahead of us. You're behind us. If we look to the left, you're there. If we look to the right, we're yoked with you to go make disciples, to bring the kingdom of Jesus, to, to bring light and to be salt. So, Father God, I pray for a blessing of boldness right now in the name of Jesus. I just say they are approved workmen in the kingdom of Jesus. I bless you all with just the freedom to run with the Lord. To 
manifest his goodness in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can we just thank Jason, Kristen? How many of you were impacted this morning by that? How many? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I've asked them to just... Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.